Welcome to an enlightening podcast from IslamPodcasts.com. We encourage our listeners to please comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please remind your family and friends to also visit IslamPodcasts.com for engaging discussions on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, Sira, and much more. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته Welcome to another online Friday circle organized by members of Hizb al-Tahrir Before I introduce today's topic can I ask everyone to please click the like button and the share button and send it to your family and friends so that they can benefit from the talk inshallah So today's circle is entitled The Ummah in 2021 as we say goodbye to the year 2020, there are many lessons to be learnt about change and how things that we never expected to change can suddenly change. But what about the change that is promised to us by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the Messenger wasallam? Surely we must get involved in that change or will we be just bystanders? Today we have with us Brother Kaysa who will be addressing us on this topic inshallah. Assalamu alaikum Kaysa. Wa alaykum salam wa rahmatullah. Are you doing okay? Alhamdulillah, good. Enjoying the snow? Enjoyed it. Alhamdulillah. So can I ask uh, a remind everyone to please click and share uh, the like, uh, click the like and share buttons and spread to everyone inshallah. Um, after the talk, we will have some time for questions and comments. So do please do think of some during the talk inshallah and send them through the chat section. And without further delay, I'll pass you over to Brother Kesa. Rabshah Li Sadri, Waisir Li Amri, Wahlu, Lok, the Tamilisani, have called Koli, Ashadullah, Ilahilah, Wahdahula, Sharikala, Ashadunna, Mohammedan Abduhu, or Sulu. Kalallahu Taala, Fikidabil Majid, Bada, Bismillahi, Rahman, Rahim, Inna, the Lansuru, Rusulana, Walladina, Amanu, Filhayati Dunya, Wayomaya, whom will Ashad. I bear witness that it is no one worthy of worship except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he sent down the Furqan. And it is this Furqan, this amazing uh, 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 message from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that fills hearts with tranquility and eases our suffering and makes us look forward to not only the, the Akhirah, the Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Jannah, but also uh, the victory on this earth. And this is really the, the crux of the discussion today. Um, I just want to sort of hopefully, inshallah, uplift us about the promise that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us with some examples um, from our history and the recent history and see how change can come in a blink of an eye. You know, this time last year, as an example, um, the, the, you know, this time last year, the Kufar, the West, Generally, they were making their resolutions. It was the 1st of January. It's not our new year, but they were like sort of making resolutions. They were saying, you know, I'm going to you know, go to you know, the most famous one. I'm going to go on a diet. I'm going to you know, get a little bit fitter. I'm going to join the gym. You know, they looked forward to the new beginning, new year, new me. You know, they, and all of these things were on their minds. So they didn't, you know, you know uh, 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 fathom, you know, that what's going to happen in the next Next few months, 
Yeah. It was unimaginable. And if I said to anyone to that time, if I said to anybody at that time, you know, this is the, what we're going to be facing in the coming year. And last year, on the 1st of January, people would have said, you're, you're, you're speaking, you know, uh, nonsense. You know, it's not a reality that's going to happen. But the unimaginable happened. You know? Things were beyond our control. The decision of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was to uh, uh, put us, put the, the world in this situation with this uh, uh, virus. You know? So it's just something to think about. That the power of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, the, the promise he's given us. You know, when people tell us, you know, Khilafah is a pipe dream, you know, these are, you know, we're told to accept the status quo. These Khilafah is unimaginable. You know, there's something that's, you know, far away into the future. And what you're talking about is, you know, basically, you know, it's only going to come, you know, when you know, in, in, in a distant future where we are absolutely perfect. Yeah, this, this year shows that in reality, whatever we thought was un, unimaginable, it's, it's reality. So, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can do anything. He can change the situation for us. He can change the status quo for us. You know, he can he can he can uh, destroy the arrogant belligerent nations we have in the world that put people, their own people, as well as the rest of the world, into tyranny. Under tyranny, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala can do this, uh, and it's only a matter of time that we have our you know uh, our victory. And we saw that this year, you know, the strangest things happened, or even relationships, meeting people was restricted. Even now, uh, you know, the UK, for example, is going to different tiers. You can only meet one person outside your household that's out in an outside environment. Uh, the gyms are closed and all those resolutions that people had, it, it, it wasn't there. Um, you know, the shops are closed, clothes shops, shoe shops at the moment. A lot of the tiers in tier four areas, it's closed. You can't go to and sit in a restaurant. So normalcy, what they saw as normalcy last year, you know, it's it's gone. You know, even to the extent where, where you know parents are in hospital, I don't know from reality, in, in the people I know, parents in hospital and they were under deathbeds, and uh, you know whether they were Muslim or non-Muslim, it's a horrible situation where the, the children couldn't even go see their parents. So last year, if I said that to you, you would have said no, that's not going to happen. You know the the you know even the restrictions. If I said last year, you know to you today uh, that. Hajj and Umrah will be restricted, you would have said to me, what are you talking about? Yeah. And if I said to you, travel will be restricted, you, you, know, you would have said, what are you talking about? This is you know, nonsensical. This is unimaginable. Yeah. But the unimaginable, it happened. Yeah. And we've witnessed it throughout this year. We've seen something you know, unprecedented in our recent history. Yeah. So and this is the reality we are, we are in. So it just, it just makes us think. It should give us actually kind of a, a, a boost, a confidence actually, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can do anything. Even if we look at you know, past, for example, things which, which we thought were unimaginable. Look at the start of the Arab Spring. You look at Tunisia, for example, was the first place you know, in, in uh, 2010. So you're looking at the last decade, 2010, a young, uh, young Tunisian who was selling vegetables from, on his cart um, you know, he set a light to himself. This was on the 17th of December 2010, and he uh, died on the 4th of January 2011. Now, this spot, even though he wasn't the first to set himself, uh, uh, um, uh, set himself on fire, this sparked 
something you know that we didn't think was imaginable. We thought Ben Ali in Tunisia was one of the harshest. You know, his 23-year rule there would continue and continue and continue. His authoritarian you know regime will continue, and it was unfathomable that it would be removed. And 10 days later, you know, 10 days later, he flew to Saudi Arabia, left the country. And this was unimaginable. Yeah? And soon, you know, you saw re- you know, revolts everywhere in Egypt. You know, 30-year Mubarak's 30-year regime on the you know, 25th of January 2011. So you look at a very short amount of time in that, in that time, the unimaginable happened again. You know, Mubarak is gone. You know? And then, you know, uh, 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 um, uh, sorry, uh, on the 25th of January, people came out on the street. On 11 February, he's gone. Within a month or two, he's gone. You know, out of the country. Gaddafi in Libya, for example, found in his home region in a storm drain, in a gutter. This, you know, this tyrant who was calling the people, you know, uh, uh, demonstrating against him as rats. You know, he said, we're going to, you know, squash these rats. You know, where's that effect? And he's found in a gutter and he's killed. So this was all unimaginable, and Syria soon followed. So just to just to make the point that we don't expect certain things, but a lot of these things are out of our control. What is in our control is our action, our responsibility, what we do, and the victory is in the hands of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, and change comes in the hands of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. You look at even recently Brexit. You know, it was unimaginable. You could say that. You know, just a few years ago, even a few months ago, that there's going to be a line, a queue of lorries at the border with France. You know, well, these these uh, estates are supposed to be allies and supposed to be friends. As well, you know, we saw their their you know their alliances become brittle, become broken, even at this outset of this uh, this virus. We saw them become brittle when they were you know when they were stopping each other from getting you know personal protective equipment. You know, stopping the I think was our nation first. So we saw this. These alliances and these queues at these borders, and we saw all of this, and they were they fell apart. Yeah, they fell apart, and this was something unimaginable. And I want to link this, inshallah, to the time of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Now imagine the time once the the, the, the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam began his da'wah in Mecca. Yeah, it was you know I, you know he saw a few followers join him, yeah, initially, and then. It was unfathomable to the Quraysh, unimaginable to the Quraysh that Rasulullah would succeed. It's unimaginable. So they thought, no, they, their position is secure. And I want us to take, you know, take heed from this. Uh, this is, you know, a lesson for us. Uh, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has given, sent His Messenger Rasulullah as you know, all his life is a lesson. And look at this reality. He's got a few people at the beginning, and even from the nobles, that when they you know, from people like Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, yeah, he was beaten unconscious, and he was from the nobles yeah, in, 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 in Mecca. And he, when he accepted Islam, in Bilal ibn Rabah radiallahu anhu, and Suhaib ibn Sinan was shackled and left to scorch in the midday sun. Yeah, so if you think about the reality of it, that even though it was unimaginable, they tried their steps to squash this. They thought, no way. Yeah? They started to squash the da'wah from, from day one. Even to the point where they made the first martyr, Sumayya radiallahu anha, who was you know, a spear through her pelvis. And, and her son, Amar ibn Yasir, was tortured with fire and, and, until he verbally sort of feigned recanting the, the, the iman. So from the day one, uh, 
that Rasulullah went through all of this. But at the same time, think of something to think about that this victory for Rasulullah was unimaginable to the Quraysh. It was something, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. We're going to quash this now. We're going to stop this now. You know, as for even Rasulullah himself, you know, the, the Quraysh you know, spared, didn't even spare him. Yeah, they decided to demonize him. They even divorced his daughters you know, to make him sort of cut off. You know? So, you know, they, and they exiled and starved out for the, uh, starved the, 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 the Muslim for, the, the, for three years. Even the physical assault, Na'uqba uh, bin Abi Mu'ayt, he strangled Rasulullah from behind when he prayed in public. At that moment in time, did he go through his mind, the one strangling Rasulullah, you know, the, the best of creation, that the best of creation will win. It, wasn't, it was unimaginable for them. Yeah. When Abu Jahl, yeah, he put the camel is, camel's intestines on, you know, dumped him on Rasulullah, dumped on him on Rasulullah while he was in sujood. It was unimaginable for Abu Jahl that Rasulullah will succeed and this da'wah will succeed. They were afraid of it, but they wanted to quash it. When uh, 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 Utaybah ibn uh, Abi Lahab, when he spat on him and others beat him unconscious, for them, unimaginable. They would vilify Rasulullah they would attack the Sahaba, they would say, these people are going to take over Rome and Persia, these are the people. They would vilify them in this way. So they... They 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 uh, uh, belittle the da'wah, they belittle the message, they, they try to quash it, and Rasulullah sallam he patiently persevered in his manner according to the, the, the method the Hizb al-Tahrir it follows in a non-violent political manner. We we enjoin the good, we forbid the evil, and Rasulullah he he uh, 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 he even in the backdrop of Quraysh's provocations he continued his da'wah and he persevered in his da'wah. And he showed us how to continue, even in the face of such calamity, to continue. Even in the face of hardship, because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had promised him the victory. And he knew it. He knew it, even though it might take a little bit of time. Even though it might take a little bit, a short amount of time, it'll, it'll do it. And as these provocations increased in severity, Quraysh, you know, they grew frustrated at the failure to stop Rasulullah's message. You know? And he, Rasulullah continued, even though his uncle Abu Lahab, which paved the way, like we see today, paves the way for people to vilify the Muslims and the da'wah. When Rasulullah stood on Mount Safa and called the people, you know, where they would stand and make public announcements, Abu Lahab publicly, he attacked Rasulullah making it normal for the people to attack the message, just like it's normal today. You know, just like it's absolutely normal, the jokes and things they have against Muslims. You know, this is normal behavior. Uh, for example, it's normal behavior for the Muslim to go shopping, the woman who wears khimar and jilbab to go shopping, even for my own family, for example, walking in, you know, collecting, buying fruit, and somebody walks past and says, terrorist. Someone walks past and, you know, points fingers. Someone walks past and sort of sniggers. You know, this is the norm. This is past normality. This is the reality we face. But Rasulullah, he concerted his efforts and continued and, and uh, sorry, he, he persevered and continued. And Quraysh, they picked up their efforts to vilify the Muslims, call them criminal, you know, just like they do with us today. You know, they, they, they tinge us with you know, anyone who calls for the state, anyone who calls for political Islam, like Macron in France. You know, political Islam is seen as something you know, a, a, a extremist, and they call us you know, criminal in this way. 
yeah, because we you know, reject secularism just like Rasulullah rejected the, the paganism of, uh, of Quraysh, yeah, and they prevent the people from listening to they prevent the people from listening to Rasulullah just like they prevent the people of uh, people to listen to the da'wah of Islam today. Yeah. So even when Rasulullah would meet tribes from outside of Makkah, they would spread this propaganda, whether in the Muslim lands or in the Western lands, they continue to do this. This is uh, we can see the similarity that Rasulullah faced and the realities we face. Yeah. To the point where Walid ibn Maghira, he you know he accused Rasulullah as we know. I'm not going to go into it in too detail as we covered it before. You now he devised a plan to call Rasulullah, you know, Sihrul Bayan. He, you know, the sorcerer of words. They even said, you know, he's ma- he's mad and things like that. And Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, you know, defended him. Yeah, You know, You know him. You know Rasulullah He's with you. He's your companion. Yeah, you watch him every day. You see him every day. He's not. A, does he act like a madman? He's giving. He's offering you a da'wah. And Allah Subhanahu wa Taala defended him. Um, and we have the Quran today to defend us as well. We use this to carry this to carry this da'wah with it. Yeah. This, they even called Rasulullah, you know, a liar, a poet. Yeah, he said he was manipulating people, you know, just like they say today, they, you know, they're brainwashing people. Yeah. So this pained Rasulullah sallallahu yeah. And, we, and we, we didn't have the, the protection of a state at that time. But Rasulullah, he persevered. Yeah, he continued, just like we continue. Because we know from the reality that Rasulullah, uh, 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 the reality... You know, it can change in an instant. And we've seen that this year. And we've seen that in the last 10 years. The reality can change in an instant if Allah wills. And our reality will change. And we'll, the victory will come from, you know, we never know where. We never know where. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will spring up this victory. You know? So, and it wasn't even, you know, Quraysh, it was very difficult for them to fight against the Muslims as well. You know, like you know, today, they say, they say we have a war on terror. Yeah, they don't say we have a war on Muslims and Islam. The Quraysh couldn't say that either because in each tribe, you know, it was easy if one tribe was Muslim or it was only this. Or they 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 would sort of use the other tribes to attack that, but they couldn't do that because in every tribe there was Muslim, in every clan there was Muslims. So they couldn't couldn't do that. In every country there are Muslims. We have one point six over one point six billion Muslims in the world. Yeah, and you know they have to hide their intention. Today, there's a war against terror, there's a war against extremism, fighting extremism. In fact, you know, the Muslims see it for what it is. This is a war on Islam and to stop political Islam to coming back on the arena. Just like it was an attack on Rasulullah to stop him because they understood his call to stop him from you know, establishing the first Islamic state and implementing, the, the, implementing Islam and showing the justice of Islam to the Arabian Peninsula. And Quraysh are at the forefront of stopping this da'wah from, uh, exist, uh, from you know, continuing. So they continued and they, you know, they, they uh, um, you know, pulled out all the stops. And the further it got to you know, the, the da'wah, the more frustrated it got, the more... You know, uh, uh, activities they took against Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam. And, you know, they even insulted Rasulullah But change is inevitable. Change is inevitable, as I said. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's victory is you know, assured that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the verse I said at the beginning, Indeed, 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 Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this is a promise from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, indeed we will support our messengers and those who believe 
during the life of this world. Indeed, we will support our messengers and those who believe during the life of this world and on the day when the witnesses will stand in the translation of me. In Surah Al-Ghafir. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is already promising us, you know, change is inevitable. If Allah is on our side, no one can you know, uh, uh, dispute that we will get the victory. We will get the Nasr. But what it requires is learning the lesson from Rasulullah sallallahu and following is in, in Musnad Ahmad Abbas radiallahu anhi he said Qala, he says Kuntu radif al-Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam faqala wa'alam anna fi sabri ala ma takrahu khayran kathiran wa anna al-nasra ma'as sabri wa anna al-faraja ma'al karbi wa anna ma'al usri yusra Abbas reported he said I was riding with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and he said Know that there is much good in patience with what you dislike. That support will come with patience. Relief will come with affliction. And hardship come, will come with ease. SubhanAllah. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has already, already given us the, the formula. His Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa in his seerah, in his actions, and his hadith, he's given us a formula for this Persevere. Yeah, continue working for the state. Because as we could see in the last year, this shouldn't be, you know, everyone talking about doom and gloom. You know, 2020, we you know we've written it off. You know, people have heard this, people saying this all day, and I hope you know it's better next year. But for us, this is a trial. COVID is a trial from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and it actually has shown us the power of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and it actually should increase us in our iman, in our perseverance, in our da'wah, and say how. You know the, uh, uh, how brittle the Western way of life is. The capitalist system is. You know, they fight amongst themselves. Yeah, they couldn't take leadership on this issue. Yeah. Whereas the Muslims, we have a history, we have a track record of you know uh, uh, solving people's problems. And it's time that this should give us actually more in in, uh, in, in invigorate us to carry this da'wah more and you know, and continue with taking these hardships that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is throwing away and testing us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is testing us. It's not us, for us to test Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is testing us with these hardships, with these difficulties, and throwing these tyrant rulers in our, in our, in our, in our way, that we continue, we continue, and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, as is promised, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give us the victory, as in this hadith, with after the, 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 the hardship will come the eases. After difficulty, after a relief will come with affliction. Support, Nasr, will come with patience. And patience doesn't mean staying silent. It means continuing. And continuing carrying this down. Regardless of the situation they throw at us. Regardless of the realities they give us. Regardless of the difficulties. Regardless of the difficulties of Rasulullah, he continued. And he showed us, regardless of them torturing the Sahaba, regardless of them, you know, the, the tyranny on the Muslims at the time in Quraysh, regardless of this, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give us victory. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shows us in the life of Rasulullah is this amazing turnaround. Just look at a few years later, in the eighth year of Hijrah, the unimaginable, in the, in the view of Quraysh, the unimaginable happened. Fath al-Makkah. The unimaginable, imagine. Huh? That, that at the time that, that uh, Rasulullah is carrying his da'wah in Mecca, they would think that this would happen. 
when Rasulullah left Mecca, he left with, you know, uh, under some narrations say under 100 you know, Muslims, believers in Hijrah, and he comes back with thousands of soldiers that you know, take Mecca without a fight room and walks in victorious into Mecca. And this ayah of Quran, you know, Rasulullah when he's destroying the idols, and say, truth has come and falsehood has departed. Indeed, is falsehood by this nature ever bound to depart? And this ayah is true today as it was before. The idols of Quraysh, yeah? they tried hard to protect their, protect their idols with their tyranny. Yeah? And they, these came crashing down just like today. They try hard to protect their idols of, of, of secularism, of freedom, democracy. These idols that they worship that cause tyranny around the world. And these idols will come crashing down. And imagine tomorrow. Yeah, it's not a long, you know, far away in the future that the Muslims will march into Palestine. And taking back what's rightly ours, removing the tyranny of our Muslim lands, removing the borders from Muslim and Muslims, from brother from brother, to give justice to the world, both Muslims and the non-Muslims. Yeah, to give them their, their, their right, their food, clothing, and shelters, shelter, yeah, their rights of the people, and not taking their ta- taking their rights as we see today consistently. Yeah. So this is, you know, the 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 promise of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is true. It's around the corner, and these should give us the, you know, the the the, the uplifting nature. The looking back at this last twelve months, it should give us the ability to look back and say, you know what, Subhanallah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can achieve anything. In the last decade, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can do anything. Victory in is, you know, he's the one who gives nasab. He's the one who gives victory. What I have to do, my job, my task, my duty, my obligation is to continue to work for this state, work for the reunification of Muslim lands, to continue to, work, to speak out against the, uh, the tyranny of, of, of the likes of Erdogan, of Imran Khan, you know, and all of these people of Sisi in Egypt, to walk and you know, to speak out against the tyranny and offer the, the Muslims you know, the, the glad tidings of the, the Nasr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala soon. You know, soon. And the, the closest we are, so even look at the last few months, we've seen Macron, as I mentioned before, the, 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 the closer we are to victory, the more that these, uh, uh, that these t- tyrannical rulers, the harsher they become. And you can see that in France. Yeah, the harsher they become, the more panicky they are, the harsher, just like Rasulullah's time, when they even went to kill Rasulullah, you know, this was unimaginable to them, when they decided to kill Rasulullah, to assassinate him before. But they got one person from every tribe so that there's no retaliation from Banu Hashim. Yeah, and so you know, they, they went to extreme circumstances to protect their tyranny, to protect their way of life. And the closer we are to the truth, the closer we are to victory, uh, the, 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 the more tyrannical rulers we will see. So actually, the, the, the worse they are to us, the closer the victory. So we look at Sri Lanka, these forced cremations, when a 20-day-old 20, 20 baby you know, and 76-year-old old man and people like that, and 20 others on the same day last week, uh, uh, I think it was last week, forced cremation of the Muslims. Yeah. And not providing any evidence. They say, you know, even, even they're going against themselves when the who said you can bury or you can cremate, but purposefully you know, promote you know, the tyranny on the Muslims. So these are actually glad tidings. 
the closer we are to victory, the more they will panic, the more the extreme their activities against the believers will become. India, clothing Madaris, saying we don't need more, we need more doctors and things like this. And cl- yeah, they, they, you know, they, they, they close Madaris, they close the Masajid, yeah, afraid of resurgent Islam, the, res- the, the, the coming Khilafah. And they, the closer we are, the more tyrannical they become. Yeah. And even in the last few weeks, you know, the, the worst case th- things we have seen, this, you know, it just, you know, we, we didn't think they'll go, you know, that, uh, uh, that far, but ruler after ruler, not the Muslims, just the rulers of the Muslim lands accepting the illegitimate state of Israel. Yeah. So we've seen that in the last few months. Ruler after ruler. We already knew that they were in the pockets of the West. Yeah? And they've listened to their masters. And just more examples of their tyranny and their, their difference between the ummah and the rulers. That's what we have seen. So, my dear brothers and sisters, what we ask, you know, the, 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 is us, I have to ask ourselves in this coming 12 months, we have coming up in Rajab, yeah, I'm not talking about the Gregorian calendar. Uh, in Rajab, we have uh, the 100 years anniversary of the destruction of the Khilafah. And it's about time we ask ourselves, are we, as our brother mentioned at the beginning in the intro, are we going to be bystanders? Are we going to look on? Because this victory is assured. This victory is promised. And we have to ask ourselves, are we going to be on the forefront of carrying this dower? Or are we going to stand by and just watch? Watch as others take this by its right and establish the deen by Allah's help. Are we going to be bystanders? Are we just going to watch? Or are we going to be at the forefront? So it's time. It's time. Enough's enough that we you know, put down our, even our differences and things like that and work for that one thing that will unify the Muslims. The Khilafah. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has promised us anyway. So we have to ask ourselves and make a choice. And this is a choice I think we, we, should, you know, we should all really question ourselves. We need to devote our time to this message, to the establishment of the deen by way of the state, so we can implement and spread the justice of Islam throughout the world. Uh, with that, I'll leave you a call hada wa astaghfirullah li wa lakum. Jazakallah khair, brother Kaysa. From your talk, it's quite clear that change is always possible. And that change is coming for this ummah and that we need to be part of this and not just bystanders. We have an opportunity now to ask uh, Brother Kaysa any questions or make any comments um, relevant to this topic, inshallah. Um, so I had a few questions come in. Let me read some of them. Um, we have a brother, Nushad, who says, can you expand a little on the dawah that is required um, that we should be engaging in looking forward? Uh, that's what I mentioned at the end. Uh, I think that question became, came just before the end. Um, the da'wah is, the only da'wah we should be actually calling for is the resumption of Islam as a way of life, the khilafah. Uh, that would solve our problems. Uh, if you want to stop hunger in the Muslim lands, it is, we need the economic system of Islam to distribute the wealth. If you want to stop the, the, the invading armies, then we need our own army. Yeah, if you want to distribute the resources, then we need to remove the borders of the Muslim uh, in between brother and brother in the Muslim lands. So your only work, if you want to work for Islam, if you want to work for the deen, then it has to be, without a choice, it has to be, we must call for the khilafah. We must call for the, uh, 
the Khilafah to, to resume in the Muslim lands, uh, to, to, to make brother with a brother again, uh, to remove the tyrannical rulers, not just the rulers, but the whole system itself, you know, to uh, apply Islam in its totality, uh, to, to collect the zakah, to collect the kharaj and the usher, uh, to, to make the ruling system, the structure of the state, the, the Khilafah state, and we continue and, and spread the justice to the rest of the world. So it has to be, if you want to call for Islam, if you want to, you know, you know, I know we don't have resolutions and that, but you want to make a promise to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that's your promise. I will work for Khilafah. Because that's what will change the situation with the Muslims. And in, in fact, the entire world. Uh, we have a brother, Al-Basharo. He, he says, um, he's making a comment, I think. He says, we have tried every other system and have seen how the failure of secularism has led the world to misery. It's about time we wake up and let this year be the year that Islam returns as a real power. Uh, we have a question from Brother Farak. He says, uh, many will ask, how can you compare tyranny of the likes of Sisi to someone like Erdogan? Surely Erdogan is far better. Okay. Uh, it's, a, it's a good question because the, the way this comes from out of sincerity is when we look around the world, all we see is, is butchery of the Muslims. So wherever there's a little bit, wherever there's a little bit of light, we see, you know, uh, uh, you know, the Muslims tend to hold on to that and hold on to that tightly and say, look, at least, you know, we, the, the, sometimes we use these words, at least he's doing that. At least he's not butchering the Muslims. At least, you know, that's like saying this, uh, which murderer is better? The one who murders 10 or the one who murders seven? Yeah. Which of these two will? Which of these two will actually declare? You know, uh, uh, um, you know, move their armies to the borders of of the uh, illegitimate state to remove the tyranny of Israel? Which one of these two has done that? Yeah, in all honesty, they're both exactly the same. Yeah. One gives more lip service than the other, yeah. and I think we should see this uh, uh, through this charade, to be honest, this facade and this this acting. This play acting, you know, that we're seeing even in you know, Erdogan, you know, even recently he said we should, you know, in, you know solidify our ties with Israel. You know, so he's making the same statements. So what's the difference? Yeah. So you know, it was all of these people saying, look, he took in Syrian refugees. In fact, he hasn't given them citizenship. There's still people there in Istanbul trying to make a living eating out of the bins from the restaurants. What you know? Uh, uh, what better situation? It's not better. They're both exactly the same. In fact, even if you look at it from the point of view of you know, the uh, what is injustice? Injustice is the lack of Islam, and both of them have the lack of Islam. So we sh why should we accept you know uh, 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 the, the murderer who killed seven? Yeah. Why should we accept this? We we shouldn't. In fact, we want a cake and we want to eat it. We want the khilafah in its entirety. Yeah. And as soon as we start, unfortunately, as soon as we start supporting people out of the gun, it actually hinders the, the work for the state. We should remove these shackles, uh, remove these tyranny, and they're both exactly the same. They're both valid. They take the rights of the people. They don't apply Islam. They, they accept the state of Israel. They are the first protectors of the state of Israel. You know? So this is, this is what we see from both of them. So there's no difference between them. So you're basically all. saying is that we, our yardstick needs to be purely Islamic, 
Yes. And not the lesser of two evils. It's not, you know, they're both, you know, this a principle lesser of two you know, evil doesn't even apply here. They're both uh, you know, completely mm-hmm. evil. Evils amongst the rest of the tyrannical rulers that we have, they're both exactly the same, whether it's Imran Khan, whether it's Hasina, whether all of them are exactly the same. They yeah, all apply kufr, and, and we, we, we shouldn't accept any of them. Uh, we shouldn't accept any half-hearted measures. And, you know, it's unfortunate that, you know, uh, some Muslims have called for a half-hearted message for the last few decades, but it's got us nowhere but, you know, but, uh, more tyranny. It's time we remove this, these, these, you know, this uh, reality and uh, from our, this vision for us to accept the half-hearted, as you said, uh, issue. We want our complete system. We have a question here from uh, Abu Salahuddin Ibn Tayyib. He says, uh, Jazakallah for the talk. You mentioned that things are getting worse and more brutal as we get closer to victory. Does that not go against logic? Uh, should things not slowly get better year on year? Please explain. We look at throughout history. That's fantastic. Because normally, the harsher it gets, the more down you get. The more, you know, the, the more depressed people get, and the, the, the more difficulty it is. But the sunnah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, is the more difficult it gets initially. The more difficult it gets and then suddenly out of nowhere because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants us to return to him. And if you look at throughout history, it got so difficult, you know, where we had even the time of Salah Adin, for example, you know, the, the, the state started to, to, you know, to have you had different statelets, you had the Fatimids in Egypt, so we had, so he actually, you know, Salah Adin before, he went to uh, uh, reclaim the, the Palestine. He was actually fighting other areas of the state to join them back on to unify the Muslim land. So it was actually more difficult. And then, you know, and the, the the Crusaders had Palestine for over ninety years. It was used as a stable. So we saw difficulty upon difficulty upon difficulty, and looked like it was you know we're, we're on the brink of destruction. And we had the unification of Muslim lands again. We had a consolidated effort then to take take back Palestine. Yeah? And the time of Rasulullah, they were gonna kill Rasulullah. It was everyone was you know rejecting Rasulullah and suddenly out of nowhere, it was because the, the tribes of Aus and Khazraj, you know, they they the the, the 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 Jews of Medina used to tell them when our when our prophet comes, we're gonna rule over you Arabs. So it was a, you know, Allah put that in their minds, in their hearts, and said, We should, you know, there's a person claimed to be a prophet. You know, in, in Mecca, we should get to him before the Jews do. Allah put them in, in, in their hearts. When everyone was forsaking Rasulullah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, from where we couldn't imagine, sent the victory. This is the sunnah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to test us. In fact, it's the, so we persevere, we continue. So it's not about issue of logic. And we've seen the last year, it's not an issue of, uh, uh, you know, rationality goes out the window sometimes when uh, reality, reality hits. But if we look at the reality, you know, the, we're looking, you know, the, the, you know, the, the, the harsher, but we can see the harsher they become, that means we're closer because they are panicking. Yeah, so we, have, we should see this as a bashara, as a, you know, good news that the victory of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will come soon. Inshallah. Uh, we have a question here from uh, Brother Hamayun. He says, could you highlight how can we measure that the Ummah is ready for change? You can see already, it's already ready for change. You can see the reality. So the, the Muslim lands, when they see, for example, in Bangladesh, where you saw against the, uh, 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 the cartoons and things, 
that, that it was one of the some of the biggest demonstrations in the whole world. Yeah. Uh, so it shows that the Ummah has love for Rasulullah. You know, I remember seeing you know pictures from Egypt in the 1960s where people are dressed very Western and the women as well were dressed very westernized. And there was a comparison between two images. And we saw the Muslims today, there wasn't a skirt in sight. It was khimar, it was jilbab. Yeah, at the same time, you know, people wanted Islam, you know, in, in Syria and things like that, even though the issue was maybe they didn't, weren't clear as to you know, what this Islam should look like. And that's what we need to make clear. Yeah, but they wanted Islam. Yeah. You know, there's uh, 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 Islam in a, uh, uh, was, you know, at the tips of their tongues. Yeah, but they voted for Mursi, for example, yeah? uh, when, when Mubarak left. So they wanted Islam. They never got it via Mursi, but they wanted it. So it shows whether in Pakistan, when this, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give him Jannah, Khadim, Rizbi, the demonstrations and things like that. So throughout the Muslim world, you see a resurgent Islam, people wanting Islam, people wanting to, you know, wanting, you know, uh, they might not know exactly what it looks like, but they, you know, there's a need. There's a, you can, you can, from every corner of the Muslim world, you can see a need, a want, and the Islam is on their lips. Yeah? For it's, then it's up to us, it's, you know, I would say, make it very clear, give power to Hezbollah Tahrir, because we know what we're doing when it comes to ruling. Yeah? Let us apply, let us give you, let us show you what. Uh, um, you know the, the 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 state will be, inshallah. Uh, we have um, a comment and a question from Elizabeth Comzi, and she's saying, uh, "How should we prepare for the times ahead?" And then she's also saying that, "Can you give some practical advice for my sons Andrew and Tony?" Depends on their age. Um, if they're young. You 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 solidify their basic you know the 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 linkage with Allah Subhanahu wa Taala um, to, to for the forbearance to deal with any issues that may come in in the da'wah. If they're older, you know do what the 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 the, the, the uh, for example the best the best thing that I sorry the, the most amazing comment I heard in the last month was when uh, Spain was taken by the the, the by the kuffar, and the last ship was leaving, and the, the emir of the time, he was crying on his ship, and his mother said to him, said, why do you cry like a woman, for something you couldn't defend like a man? Yeah, so produce men, yeah, give them advice, don't hide them away, say, Allah will test you. Stay close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, at night, you know, get close and do, do adhkar of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, get closer to them, yeah, keep your linkage with your aqidah. Yeah, I see, see they're 23 years old, mashallah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give them a long life and make them active in the da'wah, active to work for the state. You have to give them an ownership then, an ownership of the da'wah. They, have, they are young, they have strength, they have power, they have time, and utilize this for the da'wah, for the Islamic State to come back. This is the, this is the, the, the need of the time. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give them honor in here and in the akhirah. Because that's our, you know, we may not see the victory here. You and I might not see it. But we, what we're looking for is Allah's jannah. And that's why we do this. We continue. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is testing us in that way and remind them that this is a test. Remind ourselves, be closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So be what they used to call a monk by night and a politician by day. Yeah, so carry the da'wah during the day. And if you find it difficult, get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
when you are alone with him at night, do adhkar and you know extra sujood and nawafil, so that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us strength to carry this down. And and also I would like to say that this um these twenty-three-year-old uh, brothers, inshallah, they they should work with us. End of the day, it's about the company you keep. If you're going to keep company with people on the same mission as you, people who are visionary, you will benefit from that. Yeah. If you don't, then you can easily get swayed by society, which is pushing us the other way, which is to turn a blind eye. Yeah, keep our head down and don't do actually get involved. Don't do any dawah. So I encourage those brothers to join us, inshallah. There's a question from Brother Farak. He says, why should one work with his Tahrir to work for Khilafah rather than any other group that works for Islam? Uh, there's there's a lot of groups out there. It's a fantastic question. There's a lot of groups out there that work, do different Islamic work. So some do charity work, some work on Salah, the personal reform, and things like this. So, But if you want to actually solve the problem from its root, for example, uh, the people who do not pray, we have to ask ourselves, why don't people pray? You know, some would say, oh, their parents didn't teach them. But I've seen a lot of families, that I, I know of families where the, the parents took them to the madrasa, made them hafid of Quran, and then become murtad. You know? So you know, it wasn't just the family. It was the whole society and the environment uh, that pushes us, that makes following Islam difficult. Yeah. So salah becomes difficult at work because of the society we live in. Fasting becomes difficult because of the society we live in. You know, giving zakah and collecting zakah and people, those who want, need to receive zakah becomes difficult because of the society we live in. Yeah? So these are all the, the uh, uh, makes it difficult living in, under these societies. So you know, the, the ones who want to give charity, it's, when the khilaf is established, it solved that problem because you know, uh, all of these actions are for the sultan, the authority. You know? So he's the one who collects zakah and distributes it. He's the one who, you know, the, 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 the fay, the wubuti and things like this, he collects it and he distributes, you know, he solved the problem of, you know, uh, uh, bad poverty. Uh, so you don't need charity organizations. You don't need your you know people who you know the reformist individual reform groups because we have an education policy that is objective is to develop Islamic personalities. You know, people like Abu Hanifa, Rahimullah, Imam Shafi'i, and people that didn't come out of a vacuum. You know, they were brought up you know in the Khilafah. You know, so it wasn't just their parents. You know? So they need to, you know, uh, we need to sort of if you want to solve the complete problem rather than the symptoms of the problem. If you want to solve it completely, then you must work for Khilafah. And the only group to work group who works for that in, in its entirety on the method of Rasulullah in that peaceful manner, in that in, in, in that political way. We don't raise arms, we you know, we follow the method the method of Rasulullah, that is his Tahrir. And I make no apology for that. And there's a question from Brother Hamayun. He says, You highlighted the readiness of the Ummah. So what stands in the way of real change? The rulers. The Western nations and their puppets. Our real enemies are the, the the capitalists that impose our tyrannical rulers over us. And we saw as soon as you know the the rulers you know they removed the support of Gaddafi, he was killed by his people. Yeah, it was the British and people like this one a French who came in and bombed, knowing the reality, they wanted to push the 
the the revolutions in a particular direction so they gave up on their on their puppets so the ones who you know prop up these tyrants are so our real enemy is the capitalists a belligerent nations yeah that cause tyranny not only on own lands on the in their own lands for their people but across the uh, across the globe so if we then remove their puppets if we then t- work tirelessly to remove the likes of Erdogan, to remove the likes of uh, uh, Imran Khan, to remove the likes of Hasina, to remove the likes of Sisi and all these people who stand in the way of us establishing state. So we, we, we constantly tell the people, these are the people, these rulers are the ones, these, you know, these disgusting dogs are the ones who actually are continuing our suffering. These are the people we need to remove. So that needs to be at the forefront of the minds of the people. So they might want Islam, they might go through different means and things like that. As long as we highlight this, as long as the Ummah see, as soon as the Ummah see this and we remove them, we see a great change in the Ummah. I had a question myself, actually. Um, isn't it up to the big players like America and Russia to, uh, you know, to dictate change? Because end of the day, you know, they are the ones who have these agent rulers in place. Yeah. Yeah, they, they dictate change right now. Hmm. Yeah, and that's our issue. Uh, so we need to remove them, remove the hegemony from the, from the Muslim lands. Yeah, so by removing the hegemony, we want to dictate our own political destiny. We don't want to be dictated to yeah, by uh, 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 these, these rulers. Because that's what's happening. So even in places like Saudi, in places like you know, Pakistan, you know, the curriculum sometimes are written by the West. Because they want to dictate the political destiny of, of those Muslim lands. We want to remove control. So the way we do that is actually remove the, the, the ropes or the, the, the chains they have on us by removing those rulers. We don't want their control. They're not, so any change they're going to they're gonna, uh, uh, want to do, they're going to want to do it in their benefit. So you know, it's a nightmare scenario for them that the Muslim lands are re- uh, reunited. It's nightmare scenario to them. There's, there's another superpower because it will be on the day that it's established a superpower yeah, that's on the world arena to challenge their tyranny, yeah, to offer uh, a different uh, 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 kind of ruling that the world hasn't seen for over 100, uh, for 100 years. Hmm. We're getting a lot of questions uh, which are quite similar about the, how do we remove the rulers? How can, how, uh, who is a good ruler? Yeah, you mentioned they're all bad rulers. They're all uh, bad. <laughs> <laughs> and what's the yardstick then? I mean, maybe the ruler is judged. Sorry, um, the ruler is judged by his uh, uh, um, by his laws. It's not just a ruler. I think there's another question about uh, uh, changing the face, but it's not just about rulers. It's a whole system we need to change. But these rulers are the figurehead of that system. So we don't want, like in Pakistan, for example, PTI comes in and. Another group comes in after that, and PML, and then we have a circle like this, and we think that's better. No, we want to actually remove the seat completely, so these political organizations, these political groups, can't, you know, take take those realities because all of these rulers that we have at the moment are all tyrannical, uh, are all uh, uh, working for the, you know, our agents of, of 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 the belligerent nations. Yeah, they are all not working. Name one Muslim ruler that actually that actually listens to his his people and actually does what they want. You know, the people you know want they want Islam. Name one. 
that doesn't actually do actions that benefits the West, whether it's taking IMF loans, whether implementing policies that support the Western nation, whether it's opening borders and airspace for belligerent nations to attack Muslims. Name one, they're all in the same. So all of the rulers are uh, 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 tyrannical and they all require removing. And we don't want just the rulers to move. We want the whole system. So these kind of rulers don't come back in at all. They have no space. We want to change the whole structure, the whole seat. We want to remove their thrones and establish uh, establish the whole system that Rasulullah has left us. We are running out of time, so I've got a couple of announcements I wanted to make. Um, the first one is that this circle today was a precursor to a new series we are launching next week, inshallah, called Our Ummah, which will discuss our Ummah from different aspects, like what's the strength of our Ummah, you know, what is the role of our Ummah, what's the responsibility of our Ummah, uh, what is the significance of our Ummah, and we'll be addressing more topics like this, inshallah, during this series. Um, also, um, uh, can I also ask, uh, can I remind everyone that uh, the Friday Circle takes place um, every Friday at 8pm. So please do invite your family and friends. And uh, I'd like to thank Brother Kesa for joining us today. And it's a really interesting topic. Um, and we'll finish with a short video. Um, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, and Sirah are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe, share, and tell a friend about islampodcasts.com.